It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Aaron Rodgers is now officially a New York Jet, and that does have an impact on the Washington Commanders. That and more coming up on this live episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this live edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes as they drop, just like this one is here Tuesday in the East Coast East Coast Lunch Hour. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82 or text me anytime via subtext at 202-760-2644. Right now, you get two weeks for free, guys. If you sign up for subtext uh, and subscribe to the Locked On Commander subtext, 202-760-2644, you get the first two weeks for free, which means you get NFL Draft Weekend for free. And I've got some fun things hopefully coming uh, during draft weekend, we're all going to be all the beat reporters. We're going to be in Ashburn all weekend long, very long days. There's some fun things that happen and go down uh, during those those times. Um, so I do have I plan on doing some uh, some Q&A sessions with other members of the media that subtexters will be on. I plan on doing some exclusive videos uh, that will be shared with only subtexters. So get that week, get the draft weekend for free and get uh, a full two weeks for free and then see if you like it. And you want to stick around. A little bit. In the meantime, thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view today and every day. Every dayers, we appreciate you. No matter how you're coming through here, video, audio, or both, even uh, appreciate you as always. One national meme media member uh, has found a win-win trade for the Commanders and the Las Vegas Raiders, and we're going to try and dissect GM Martin Mayhew's thoughts on trading up. But we start today's mailbag episode looking at the impact of the Aaron Rodgers trade. Now that we have actual details. Of that move. Speaking of subtexters, I was having some conversations last night with my subtexters about the trade as the news was coming out, the the compensation swap, and of course the conversation blended into what we thought the impacts on the Washington Commanders might be in the first round. And then uh, woke up this morning on Twitter, and Lee also asked, "Quote: Now that the Jets Packers trade for Rodgers has finally happened, how does this impact Washington's pick, if at all?" Love the podcast, by the way. Lee, thank you very much. And again, shout out to all my subtexters. Great conversation uh, last night. One of my subtexters brought up the idea of the Green Bay Packers not only trading up to 12 here in this deal, but may actually move, want to move up from 12 even higher if a quarterback gets within striking distance, depending on what they think of Jordan Love, because not everybody is sold on Jordan Love. I think that's an interesting wrinkle to this whole thing. The Green Bay Packers may be about to shake up the NFL draft more uh, than they are just right now. But in this current trade, the New York Jets get quarterback Aaron Rodgers. They also get two 2023 NFL draft picks, number 15 
and number 170. The Green Bay Packers, in exchange, get number 13 overall. So they move from 15 to 13. They get number 42. They get number 207. And they get a conditional 2024 second round draft pick. That condition is 65% or more snaps. If Aaron Rodgers plays 65% or more uh, snaps for the New York Jets this coming season, then the New York Jets second round pick next year turns into a first round pick. So uh, the Packers could essentially get two first round picks, uh, a second round pick, and then 207, I think is what, sixth round, uh, maybe seventh round. And then the Jets will essentially get Aaron Rodgers, a first round pick, and I think a fourth round pick. Um, now, the most obvious potential impact uh, of this trade, right, is who are the Green Bay Packers going to take? Who are the New York Jets going to take? And how does that make the board matriculate down uh, to the uh, to the Washington Commanders? Now, best we can tell the Green Bay Packers, they need potentially a quarterback, depending on how you feel about Jordan Love, how they feel, more importantly, uh, about Jordan Love, wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, and safety. The Jets need offensive tackle and linebacker. Now, the Packers have different needs than the Jets, and the, the interesting thing here and where I think this makes the biggest impact uh, on the Washington Commanders is the fact that the the Green Bay Packers don't need an offensive tackle, but the New York Jets do, and so do the Washington Commanders, which means this could potentially push an offensive tackle past number 13 if the board stands pat to number 14. Here's the problem. The New England Patriots could also want an offensive tackle. Now, there's some rumor that maybe they want a quarterback, but if all the top four quarterbacks and they're not sold on Hendon Hooker uh, in the first round are gone, they're very, very likely to go offensive tackle at 14. So really the focus is that 13th pick that now sits with the Green Bay Packers versus the New York Jets because what this really does is it opens a door for a trade between the Washington Commanders and the Green Bay Packers where Washington moves from 16 to number 12. So with the Jets holding the number 13 pick before the Aaron Rodgers trade, it was highly unlikely that the Commanders were going to be able to get that pick for one of the top offensive tackles in this class because – the New York Jets need an offense tackle just as much as the Washington Commanders do. And if you're watching the recent trends, there are now four offensive tackles being mocked fairly regularly in the top 15. Those four guys are Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr., Northwestern's offensive tackle Peter Skaronsky, Georgia's Broderick Jones, and Tennessee's Darnell Wright. Now, according to Mock Draft Database, Paris Johnson, the Ohio State tackle, is the 10th overall consensus big board player. His ceiling, the highest he could go, is 7th to the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, and his floor it was 13th to the New York Jets. Well, now the Jets are 15th. Again, that 13th pick is now different, and it belongs to the Packers team that theoretically doesn't need uh, an offensive tackle. Again, you can always use an offensive tackle in this game, but when you look at their immediate needs, offensive tackle is typically not considered one of them. Skaronsky is the 11th overall player on the big board. Uh, his ceiling seems to be number nine or so to the Chicago Bears. His floor, again, was 13. Interestingly enough, Mock Draft Database found some mock drafts that had the Eagles actually trading either up or back from 10 or, or 30 uh, to 13 to draft uh, Peter Skaronsky there. Again, that 13th pick, that need with the Jets is now at number 15 versus 13. Jones, uh, Broder Jones from Georgia is the 18th overall consensus player. His ceiling was 13 to the Jets and his floor was 17th to the Steelers. There was a few uh, commanders at 16th there, so potentially the commanders could maybe stand pat and even get one of these guys. Darnell Wright, 21st overall. His ceiling was 17th. His floor is 19th. Which, what's interesting about these trends, though, is that on Monday alone, Mock Draft Database collected 25 mock drafts, and in just 25% of those mock drafts, did any of the four make it to pick number 16? 
So that means that the trend is, is moving towards all four of these tackles being taken before the Washington Commanders were to get on the clock at number 16. So because of that trend, if the Washington Commanders are in love with one or more of these offensive tackles, they may now find themselves in a position where they need to move up. And because the Green Bay Packers now have the 13th overall pick, they might be able to move up a little bit easier than they would have if, again, the Jets were holding on to that 13th pick. And the best part about this is a move up with the Green Bay Packers at 15 to potentially get a fourth offensive tackle could seem like a, a maybe a more affordable deal, right? But when you look at the fact that the Green Bay Packers are basically sitting there, probably with multiple suitors, multiple teams behind the commanders that could also use a young offensive tackle, they'd be sitting there with offers from those guys and basically tell the Washington Mayors, look, man, you're going to pay us a premium to move up one spot because if you don't, we're going to let another team come up and get your guy. This happened in 2020 when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were sitting at 14 and the San Francisco 49ers were sitting at 13 and Tristan Wirfs was the last of the top four tackles in that class sitting on the board. And basically John Lynch said, hey, I love the Buccaneers. Love my time there. Thanks for putting me in the ring of honor. You're going to pay me a lot to get this pick or else I'm going to trade it to somebody else that's trying to move in front of you. The Buccaneers paid that premium. They moved up the one spot. They got Tristan Wirfs. Uh, they ended up winning the Super Bowl. It, it was it was a it was a great uh, great result for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That obviously doesn't mean it would happen for the Bucs, but in this scenario, right, the Green Bay Packers still want to trade out potentially, and they don't want that offense tackle. The commanders want to trade up with the Packers for that offense tackle, but there's not as much leverage because there could be two of those top four guys uh, available right now. So if the Packers get too greedy, you can kind of say, okay, dude, look, draft your guy then. We're trade to another team, and we'll talk to the Patriots. We'll see if we can make a move uh, there. So a little bit of an interesting dynamic shift here because of this trade. So for the trade, Washington would have to spend – uh, around 150 more points to go from 16 to 13. So the point difference on the traditional kind of altered Jimmy Johnson scales, 150 points, which equates to the 88th overall pick. So in theory, they could potentially pull this off for number 16 this year and a 2024 third, which could appeal to the Green Bay Packers because they can then get a year of Jordan Love if that's the direction they go and kind of see, do we like this? Do we not like this? If they want to shift, they now have an extra third round pick next year to play with if they don't want to shift they now have an extra third to really accelerate uh that roster uh the development so they can kind of use it however they need to based on what they see out of jordan love obviously worse for washington because you get to move up to number 13 get one of these tackles and you don't have to give up any current year draft capital uh to do it. of course that's even if martin mayhew and the commanders are targeting one of these top tackles or maybe a different player at a different position which other players could washington feel motivated to move up for that's what we're going to discuss next here on today's live episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers, you can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win right now, the Washington nationals are currently plus 25,000 odds to win the NL East, which means a $1 bet on the Nats to win the NL East. If they pull it off, you get $250. And I know I've wasted a dollar on many, many things that are much worse than that. Of course, the odds only get better or worse, depending on how you look at it as Washington sits as plus 30,000 odds. Uh, to win the National League and go to the World Series and are now tied with the soon-to-be Las Vegas Athletics or whatever they call themselves 
uh, at plus 100,000 odds to win the World Series. So whatever you're betting on, don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again, everybody out there for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams' first picks in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube or audio stream. The uh, number 16 pick is available on the Locked On Commanders audio stream as well if you missed that let me know what you think of the pick that i made let me know if you would have gone a different direction shout out to everybody joining me here live during this mailbag episode and shout out to everybody joining me after uh the live and and post uh, recording if you have a question that you want added into a future mailbag episode drop it in the comments drop it in the live chat can't really interact with the live chat while i'm running all the buttons and gizmos to do this live episode but i do go back and read the transcripts from the live chat so make sure uh, you're dropping your thoughts in there, and I do actually read those, so I appreciate all of the interaction there. And look, if we get enough NFL draft questions uh, before Thursday night, I will I will do my best to take the time to record another mailbag, draft-specific mailbag episode, um, and drop that before Thursday night as well. Up to you guys. So, subtexter Jason asked how far I thought the commander's GM, Martin Mayhew, might be willing to trade up. And I think it's an interesting uh, proposition. At the pre-draft press conference for Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, Mayhew said, quote, frequently trade-ups are a are situations where you see a player who you think should have been gone, and then you move up and try to try to get that player. The player fits you. It's an aggressive move to go up. I think because you're giving up typically draft choice, there are other opportunities to pick other players to go and get that player. So you have to have consensus on a guy. You have to have a very, very strong opinion of a guy, in my mind, to move up, and that's pretty much across the board where coach, myself, all the scouts, everybody's on the same page. And we all believe it's worth giving up another player to get that guy. End quote. And I think Martin Mayhew makes a really good point here. When you trade up, you're, you know, you're never trading, like you're not going to go from 16 to 13 and that's it. No, you're going to go 16 and, you know, a 2024 third, for example, to move up. Well, that 2024 third is a future player that you are now passing on uh, without really knowing who that player was going to be or would have been. Um, so you have to make that decision. Is this guy really worth two players, essentially, especially with the way the board is falling? So it's an interesting dynamic. And Martin Mayhew even admitted typically he would prefer to trade back versus trade up. But he didn't completely erase the idea of trading up and said that there's a limit kind of to where he would want to go. And he's kind of taking this week, having phone calls with other GMs, other decision makers, and really kind of figuring out just how far the Washington Commanders would be willing to go if this specific player uh, were to fall. So. 
How far he would move up is a math equation. You have to balance current need versus future capital. And that future capital includes picks this year. So if you're in the first round, for example, and you're looking to trade up, future capital includes your current year, second, third round pick, fourth round pick, et cetera, et cetera. How much of that future capital are you willing to sacrifice? But I think if you're moving up for just one pick, you have to call your 2023 second and third round picks this year, second, third round picks off limits. I don't think you can give get rid of either this year's second or third round picks in a move up for just one first round pick. Now, uh, the reason I say that is because you only have three top 100 picks and you really want as many top 100 picks as you can get, especially if you're not one player away from a Lombardi, which typically if you're a team that completely missed the playoffs, you're not one rookie away from a Lombardi. So you want to keep three picks in the top 100 minimum. Now, if you're if you're talking to a team uh, that say you're going to move up in the first rounds, so you're going to swap first round picks and they're going to give you a third in exchange for a second, you still have three top 100 picks. Okay, if the pick uh, is worth it, and if the player you're going to get in the first round there is worth it, by all means, go ahead and make that deal. But let's try to keep this conversation mostly simple. Let's keep the math mostly uh, basic. So looking at the adjusted Jimmy Johnson draft pick value chart uh, that a lot of teams use these days, uh, I think the most you want to give up for a straight-up swap, right? So the, we're only getting a first-round pick from the team we're training with. It's a higher pick, obviously, the number 16. The most you would want to give up in that type of a deal, I think, is your current fifth-round pick. So your 2023 fifth round pick is the the highest you're willing to go uh in this year's class and for next year's class i think it's your third so this year's fifth according to that scale again the adjusted jimmy johnson scale is worth uh 30.2 points that's pick number 150 next year's third would be worth 195 points because that's what it's worth this year uh that pick is owned by indianapolis we're not talking number 97 we're talking about the pick that's owned by the indianapolis colts via the carson Wentz trade uh i know Sorry to bring that up, but with a 10% discount for that pick, because typically future picks, you take a 10% discount on the value of that pick, which makes that 2024 third round pick worth around 175 and a half points. So if you combine those values, number 16 is worth a thousand, a fifth round pick this year is worth 30.2 points and a third round pick next year is worth 175.5 with the 10% reduction uh, for it being a future pick. You end up with 1205.7 points and that, according to the value chart, again, gets you as high as number 12, which is really kind of a perfect scenario for what we just talked about in segment one, right, with potentially trading up with, say, the Green Bay Packers for the 13th overall pick. Now, if you can ex- get a team to accept that third round value next year at full value, if you can get them to take it without the diminished cost because of the future uh, capital, then you get closer to number 11, but you're still kind of in that number 12 uh, ballpark regardless. Number 11 is owned by the Titans. But, you know, look, if there's just nobody on the board they love, they may be motivated to take that number, that third round pick next year at full value. Worst case scenario, you might have to throw in a seventh or two. And again, our ceilings are next year's third, this year's fifth. So a seventh next year or this year to sweeten the pot a little bit to move up from 12 to 11. Not not too terrible uh, of a deal. So going off of Mayhew's words, if you're doing this, you're looking for a guy who shouldn't be there. So if you're trading up to as far as 12, according to our math, uh, and because of draft craziness and twists and turns that nobody saw coming, there are some guys there at 12 that should not be there at 12. Who would those guys be? Well, obviously, we already talked about the top four offensive linemen. So if you know Paris Johnson is there, maybe Broderick Jones is there, maybe Darnell Wright, if they just really love Darnell Wright like Fred Smoot does, then maybe that's one of the guys you move up for. But there's also some other guys. The first one I'm going to talk about is Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez. So if Christian Gonzalez is there at number 12, 
I think if you're the Washington Commanders, you take a really hard look at moving up uh, to number 12 with the Houston Texans or number 13 with the Green Bay Packers if either team uh, is willing to deal. Now, looking at the history of the NFL draft, two cornerbacks have been taken in the top 10 uh, uh, picks in the NFL draft in each of the last three years. And obviously this year, uh, Oregon's Christian Gonzalez, Illinois' Devin Witherspoon are kind of considered those top two cornerbacks, right? However, only one cornerback, Ohio State's Denzel Ward, who went number four to the Cleveland Browns, went in the top 10 in the three years prior. So we've had two corners in the top 10 the last three years. The three years before that, only one cornerback in the top 10. So maybe, just maybe, the NFL universe, the draft universe, this selection meeting, this draft, starts a new three-year run where only one cornerback is going in the top 10. If that cornerback that slides is Christian Gonzalez, if Devin Witherspoon is the corner that goes in the top 10 and Christian Gonzalez slides to 12 or 13, Maybe this is where you make that pick. In his final college season playing for the Oregon Ducks, Gonzalez played primarily zone coverage schemes, which is what the Washington Commanders run primarily, and he had an 80.4 grade while doing so, according to PFF's college scouting. Generally accepted one of the top three cornerbacks in the year's class, Gonzalez is the only one that played more zone than man and graded out above 69. Another player I'm looking at, this is kind of a flyer. I don't look at running back as really a top need, but if the Washington Commanders feel like Bijan Robinson is that generational talent that some people are talking about with him being, then potentially that's the guy they go after. Look, pairing Bijan Robinson with Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson, that, I mean, I think hands down that's the best running back group in the National Football League, at least the NFC East. I just don't know that, you know what I mean, the Washington Commanders feel that highly about him. So that's another name. And, of course, Devin Witherspoon. I mean, look, if Christian Gonzalez is the top 10 guy, Devin Witherspoon drops out of the top 10. Witherspoon didn't play as much zone in Illinois as Gonzalez did in Oregon. But when he did play zone, uh, Witherspoon graded out at like 90 uh, and, and for his PFF grade. So very good in zone when he did play it. So you would feel pretty comfortable with that. So that's potentially how high I think Martin Mayhew might be willing to trade up just based on the math. Number 12 is probably uh, the ceiling that you're looking for there for the Washington Commanders. And those are a couple of players uh, you know, on top of the offensive tackles that I think might inspire that type of a move. Speaking of trades, we've got a perfect quote-unquote win-win trade between the Washington Commanders and Las Vegas Raiders, uh, courtesy of NFL.com. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. And that is coming thanks to our friends over at BetterHelp. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and we're always changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today. You'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Subtexter Aiden sent me a link to an NFL.com article uh, posting win-win trades, and one of them involved the Washington Commanders, and Aiden wanted my take on this article uh, and this this presented trade. I really enjoyed the article. Actually, it's very interesting, so much so I actually wrote it up for Commanders Country, uh, and now we're going to discuss it here. In the trade, which is presented on NFL.com, again, by analytics with Cynthia Freeland, Uh, It happens on day one of the NFL draft and NFL.com projects Washington to send number 16, number 47, which is in the second round and number 118 or a future fourth round pick, right? So either a fourth round pick this year or a fourth round pick next year to the Las Vegas Raiders in exchange for pick number seven. That is very interesting. Um, Now the primary, so according to Freeland quote, the primary value of this move is in Washington's Washington's ability to leapfrog ahead of Atlanta at number eight overall to select a quarterback. Uh, that's what Freeland wrote. She continued on the versatility to also perhaps nab the first or second cornerback off the board or the first offensive lineman at number seven is an added benefit. Should the passer, the commanders believe in still be available after the Colts pick at number four, Washington brass had better get on the phone, end quote. So it's definitely an interesting trade option or trade idea, I would say. Um, it's an interesting scenario, clearly very aggressive. And that's what kind of Martin Mayhew was kind of talking about with the idea of moving up in the NFL draft is a very aggressive move. And really everybody would have to be on the same page uh, in order to kind of make that move. And typically you only see a move like this from teams that are in the, in the championship hunt, right? They're going after a Lombardi and, you know, every team is going after a Lombardi every year. And look, any team can catch lightning in a bottle at any given time. Right. But Typically, when you have a team that completely missed the playoffs the year prior, you don't see a move this aggressive. What does make it intriguing is really not about the quarterback. Uh, it's really the potential for the two top corners or the two top offensive linemen being available because we just kind of gotten done talking about this. At number seven, I imagine at worst, three of those top four offensive tackles are still available, maybe all four of them, honestly. Um, and as far as cornerbacks are concerned, I mean, I think seven or eight is real like Raiders or Falcons. I think is really kind of that spot where I think you've the first uh, cornerback might come off the board. I know the Detroit Lions just traded Jeff Okuda, so maybe they're looking to go there. But I think seven or eight is really kind of so you might have Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez both on the board uh, at the same time if if you make this kind of a move. Now, again. The the good news in this trade is that you give up very little future draft capital, right? So you give up a third uh, in this year's class. You give up number 40 or a second rather in this year's class, number 47, and you give up a fourth. I mean, she puts in there, it could be a future fourth round pick. So obviously if I'm the general manager, I'm choosing to give up the future pick. If I have uh, my druthers about it, 
So you give up a first and a second this year. You move up nine with nine spots, right? And you get possibly the top cornerback in this year's class or the top offensive tackle uh, in this class. And then Andrew Wiley and Sam Cosme man the guard positions. Nick Gates is your center. Charles Leno Jr. is your other tackle. Um, I think that's a, that's a pretty solid offensive line. I mean, it, again, it would require the Washington Mirrors to really just kind of be in love with a specific uh, prospect to jump that high. Now, as for the quarterback situation, Cynthia Freeland mentions if the quarterback that the Washington Commanders believe in is still available, well, look, everything that we've been told, the quarterback that they believe in is on the roster already. It's Sam Howell. And, you know, again, you go back to his, his one game of action last year in the regular season against the Dallas Cowboys, certainly showed a lot of potential. I've had several conversations with his college coach, um, his college quarterbacks coach, who is now uh, working with the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Coach Longo, and there's a lot of confidence there and a lot of projection uh, from him there as well, both on and off the record. And I just, I just, I don't feel like there's a scenario here where the Washington Commanders are kind of, you know, smoke and mirrors this whole thing with Sam Howell just to try to get one of these four quarterbacks uh, off the board, unless like a Bryce Young, you know, for example, were to fall to the, to the, to that position. And I don't see that happening. So, you know, look, if this pick turns out to be Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. or cornerback Christian Gonzalez or cornerback Devin Witherspoon, then I think at the end of the day, the team is going to be doing a lot to really help Sam Howell be successful. You're either giving him a stud offensive lineman that's going to help protect him, give him more time. Uh, and we've we've had this conversation. Ben Sanding and I will have this conversation on tomorrow's episode. Hard to be a bad team, bad offense when you have a really good offensive line. So if you give Paris Johnson Jr. that offensive line, that just makes Sam Howell's likelihood of being successful that much higher. But the, the reason I hesitate a little bit on, on just kind of full-blown blown saying, yes, do this pick do or do this trade right now is you now give up your second-round pick. So from pick 7 to 97, as of this moment, you don't have a pick. And that 90-pick weights between Washington's first and second picks at this point, I mean, you might get Paris Johnson Jr., but Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks – uh, Brian Banks, I mean, uh, Julius Brents, DJ Turner, uh, Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, like so many talented cornerbacks and safeties are going to come off the board before number 97 comes around. Pretty much all your tight ends that you're looking at making a year one impact are going to come off the board. Uh, I mean, that's that's just a lot to give up for one player. So, again, if you're doing that for Paris Johnson Jr. or you're doing it for Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, that means everybody in that commander's war room believes in that guy and the impact that player can make, not just in the future, but year one, uh, because this is not a staff that has you know a whole lot of future to toy with. I would say I'm not saying they're getting fired right now, but you know the, the staff is in the position that we're all aware uh, that they're in. So that 90 pick gap again between number seven and number 97 is really hard to swallow for me. That's the only reason I'm not just like yes, do it right away right now. Uh, but it is an interesting win-win scenario from Cynthia Freeland of NFL.com. So again, shout out to Aiden via subtext for shooting that over to me and shout out to everybody who submitted mailbag items and, and had these conversations with me. I want to thank you all for making locked on commanders your first listen or your first view every day for my everydayers tomorrow's show. We've got Ben Standig senior NFL writer and commanders beat reporter for the athletic coming through. So make sure you join me, join us for that conversation. In the meantime, if you've got additional questions you want in the mailbag, drop them in the live chat while it's still running, drop them in the comment section on YouTube or send them in via email, lockedoncommanders at gmail.com, on Twitter at dharrison82, in the YouTube comments, or text me anytime via subtext 202-760-2644. Again, if we get enough draft questions, I may drop another bonus draft mailbag episode prior to Thursday night. 
uh, to answer as many of your draft questions as we can. And then we're almost there. It's almost time for the real thing. We'll have all kinds of reaction, analysis, overreaction, underreaction to everything happening during this year's NFL draft. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your watching the Commanders for them and for this Locked On Commanders podcast. More importantly, hanging out with you five days a week, if weeks like this one, more than five days a week. So until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.